This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast, where we find ourselves in the middle of another free game week. I'm Billy Mully and this is what we've got coming up today. We briefly go back through Preston away, a result that does not look too bad after their victory at the Vitality Stadium last night. We also look back at Middlesbrough at home where five-minute madness helped us record a victory over Neil Warnock's side. A, quite a big fixture for him being his, his 1,602nd game in charge of a professional football club, breaking the previous. Was it? Never knew that. Did you not? That was a, no. that was a whole big thing, Stephen. It was a whole big thing. Really? Oh, yeah, that's what we did. I was there as well. Just didn't even know that. Wow. Learn something new every day. Yeah. And then we preview the Visitor Stoke side we are yet to beat since returning to the Championship. And there's, of course, that added, added incentive with Nathan Jones's tenure there. And, of course, I'm sure if we do win that game, he'll be extra energetic at the final whistle. First of all, I'm joined today by Stephen, as you heard. And Dylan, how are you both doing? Good, mate. Thanks. Good, Billy. How are you? All good, mate. All good, especially after a win like that. It was a bit of a madness, as I was saying before, getting sorted for the game, but finally got there, got to the ground in just about made kickoff, and all was good. We'll go back to the Preston game, though. Unfortunately, Jamie was the only one there. He's not in the call today, but we'll try and briefly go through it, as I say, because it's not one we like to talk about. But when we sort of think about it, was it a game that was sort of bound to happen? If you think about how good things have been going recently, do you sometimes expect a performance like that to sort of bring you back to reality and then look to build on it again? Well, I don't think, you know, no one wants to see those kind of performances because it was, you know, very poor. But I think in a 46-game season, you have to expect that you're going to have a few where, you're just way off it and you're not going, especially for us where, you know, we're not going to dominate teams and, and we're very reliant on our, on our physical, physical side of things. And, and you know what it was, yeah, it was poor and, you know, you traveled all the way to Preston, Jamie went all the way up there and, and you see that it's not great, but it happens. It's football. You can't be at it every game. Um, and yeah, deserve to lose the game. 
Yeah, I I mean, I obviously I think most of us after our um, run recently thought that it should be quite a what well, not not an easy game to win, but you'd think we got momentum, we should go on and at least put in a good performance. Um, and then hearing that we didn't turn up and I mean, the way it was said to me by some people um, at the Middlesbrough game, we just had no midfield in the game against Preston. So, yeah, I think it was, you know, it's disappointing to go from our, our run of form to that. But to then reply with Middlesbrough the other night, that was brilliant. So I think it looked bad at the time, but now it's looking a lot better. Yeah, always comes back to it, don't it? Never too high, never too low. And we sort of felt that during during the week. And of course, another big game on Saturday against Stoke. But again, looking at that Preston game, I think I've seen a tweet that someone said the only player that's enhanced his reputation tonight was Adebayo. And you could probably extend that to Berry as well, who obviously missed the clash too. So do you think those two are becoming very, very vital for us? Yeah, Adebayo, definitely. I think um, I think he's just he's just different. You know, Jerome is experienced. He's, he's smart. He, he's he's seen a lot. But I think Adebayo just gives us the ability to hold the ball that we need to hold the ball. Um, and he's you know as we saw against Middlesbrough, just he's turning into a top. He's on the way to get becoming a top Championship striker and someone that unfortunately teams will be sniffing around um, for quite soonish. I, I don't want to say that, but it's true. Um, because he's just he's just got everything, and and I think we we saw against Middlesbrough that we, well we saw how much we missed him against Preston that presence because he can just do everything he runs in behind he holds the ball and now he's adding that intelligence in his movement in the box and attacking the back post and his if you look back at some of the clips from from when he first signed for us there were certain things in and around the box that he wasn't doing and now he's doing it and he's doing it every single time it's brilliant to watch. Um, but yeah, he, him, and Barry, Barry as well was a big miss. But um, but Adebayo is is now, I think people are realizing just how good he he is at this level. Yeah, and I think with um the fact that Jerome is sort of back up for him, I thought Jerome honestly when I when I saw something, I was like, why have we done that? But then I was thinking he's, he's experienced. I think he should be the sort of player that is going to be useful when Adebayo is either out or suspended or whatever whatever it might be, I thought Jerome would be a good addition, but it's looking like he's a sort of player that you, like Hilton, you probably only bring them on with like 10 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go if you're winning a game and you just want someone to completely mess with the opposition. Because, uh, I mean, Hilton did that perfectly the other night. Um, uh, yeah, I just think Jerome, as experienced as he is, it, he's not as good as Adebayo, and Adebayo is just, well, Dylan said it for me, basically. He's he's brilliant. I think with Jerome as well, like he's he's brilliant for the environment. You can't you can't doubt that at all. You know, yeah. If you're Harry Cornick, you're Elijah, you're Admiral Musquay, you're Fred on your Dinmer, these forward players, and you've got Cameron Jerome, who you can chat to every morning and, and you know, just learn off. It's brilliant for that, and especially because we've, we've invested a lot in young players. If you have Cameron Jerome around, with his experience, it's amazing for the environment, and and he can contribute so much to that. Um, so hopefully, you know, he can. He wasn't great against Preston, but I don't think you can single him out because no one was good, frankly. So yeah, you know, hopefully he can 
start to come into his own in, at this level. But I think he's there as as he's just brilliant for the environment and the and the, the culture, which is yeah. you know, just as important as as. I just love to see him score this season. Oh, we will. Of course, you will. When um when thinking about Preston as well, I think the the sort of the result was made worse that they were in sort of poor form going into the game. Preston fans were quite lifeless and expecting another Luton win, which probably made that result and performance that little bit worse. But then going on to see that they've they've recovered well and they've sort of gone on to beat Bournemouth and in sort of deserve deserved to as well by what I've been reading it was a, a good performance from them and they, they've seemingly turned a corner so it's a, a game that I feel that obviously was there for the taking but at the same time if, if, if they're coming into form now then we can't view it as as bad as maybe we would have done if they'd gone and got battered 7-0 like um, Blackburn did last night but yeah it's Frustrating, I think that's the overriding feeling from that. But as we say, going on to the Middlesbrough game, what a reaction that was. And just taking it back to the very start, Dylan, five changes, Reese Burke coming in, Dan Potts as well coming in, which I'm sure raised a few eyebrows with how Bell's been doing this season and obviously Naismith's ability to cover there. So what were your initial thoughts when you saw that team? Um, as you said, surprised with Potts, but I assume it's... Uh an issue with with Bell unfortunately um I know I I, I said something about before the game I, I thought that you know Naismith should play as the wing back but to be honest that I think Naismith is important for our controlling the game from deep and, and progressing it from deep so I think and I and he's settled in in the in the back three I think we picked I guess the other the other decision was we had Lansbury and Pelly Ruddock. Do we then go with Gabby Osho as a kind of Glen Ray type, or do you go with a, a number ten like Musquay um, if Clark and, and Berry were out? We went with Osho. Um, I thought that was the, that was a good call in terms of dealing with Middlesbrough's direct play. We know that they're not going to try and build too much, not going to muck around with it. Neil Warnock teams are going to get it up the pitch quickly into Coburn and, and Sparar and Matt Crooks. So. Yeah, that was that made sense. Even though we probably lacked, my, my initial instinct as well was we we lacked that receiver between the lines because we had Lansbury, Osho, Ruddock. They're not players who play particularly high up the pitch or particularly, you know, in in those kind of Clark Berry pockets. Um, so we definitely missed that in the game. But but um, but obviously, look, you know, it, it it was the right decision in the end, and and we made sure that we defended properly um, for most of the game. So. Really, yeah, it was a little bit, a few surprises in there with Potts and, and Osho. But other than that, I mean, it was pretty much similar to what we always do. Yeah, as you say, it was a, a, a lot of changes, five of them, and seemingly had to do something after that Preston game. But I think we can sort of agree in that first half, there wasn't too much of a reaction. Middlesbrough edging the game probably on top um, winning the midfield battle which I think was key in, in the first half so was it frustrating going into the first half when you think of how we've reacted before when we've put in poor performances under Jones was it a little bit surprising that we hadn't got off sort of a, a quick start I know we did the second but going into half time were you sort of disappointed with our reaction well, I think for me, we did start quite quickly in, in the first half. Like I think like the first five, seven, ten minutes, however long it was, we, we looked like we probably could score. We went we went at them, but 
I think it was more Middlesbrough knew we were going to do that. They made sure they didn't concede and they thought if they get a goal first, our heads might drop and, you know, we might not have too much of a reaction. Um, but obviously the way we reacted in the second half was brilliant. Um, but yeah, with the first half, I just... Osho was definitely a good move to like bring in, but it, he almost like seemed a little bit out of place in the midfield there. Like not saying that it was anything to do with him or the tactics, it just um the midfield just didn't look up to it really. And as Dylan said, like there was no one in between the lines really with between, uh, with a midfield and attack. And I know that Pelly's sort of player well, Lansbury and Pelly can move the ball forward, but it's getting those it's linking up with the midfield and the attackers and we definitely missed Berry in that first half, but to react like that as well, it was brilliant. Yeah, as you say, second half, brilliant, brilliant reaction. There was a manic five minutes that completely changed the game. Um, obviously went into the break 1-0, one 1-0 nil, one nil down, as I said before, maybe not the best side. And then we go and change things up. Um, we go and score three and five and everything's okay again. I think Bradley's goal, poor marking from their uh, their perspective. And then Adebayo, clever little flick back into play from Pelly. And then Adebayo does what Adebayo does best, puts the ball in the back of the net. And then Harry Cornick as well. And you've got to say last year that does not go in that doesn't go anywhere near the goal and this year of course Harry Cornick shit Jack Grealish comes up and does the business so how important is it to see uh, Cornick in his vein of form I know we've spoken a lot about it in in recent times but I think that's now proven that it's not just a confidence spell it's a it's a confident season well can I just go back to the the fact that you said that it was poor marking by Middlesbrough for the uh, for Bradley's goal? I think obviously if you're looking at it from your own perspective, it is a little bit of poor marking. But having watched the replay a few times now, it it there's a level of like really good movement from our the for the players that were attacking the ball because yeah, I think it was Bradley, I think maybe Burke and someone else that were um, all like bunched together, and two of them went one way and took three of the players with them. And Bradley stood off, held his ground, like just found himself in that much space. And I think, yeah, as I said, like if you look at it from your own perspective, bad marking, but from our, our perspective, it's, it was, I think it was a brilliant set piece play. And that along with, you know, all three goals being sort of different goals, like one set piece, one, one from, you know, jumpy on their mistake one from you know a set piece that's gone in there it's been headed out and we've not we've not lost the ball and let them attack we've we've gone and scored from it it's it was brilliant to see the the difference in the goals as well as you know who was scoring them it's, it's something that um that John still used to say a lot when we were in the conference and he said you know we had all these in that year we where we went up you know we were smashing six seven past Hereford and all that but it was in the games where we found a way. And he said, you know, the best the best kind of wins that where we just find a way to win the game. And that was what we did. You know, we weren't we weren't brilliant. We weren't flashy. We weren't tearing them apart because it's a championship. You're not going to do that that much. Um, but we found a way to win the game. And that's 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 such a good trait to have. And, you know, being strong on set plays is 
such a such an important thing in the championship because it can just it can get you as as we saw on on Tuesday night it gets you wins if you're strong on set plays, and and as um, Stephen said there you know it was it's poor marking from Middlesbrough and and when um, when Brad when I saw Bradley you know free in the with three yards of space in the in the box from a corner I couldn't help but think of that Neil Warnock video where he's having a go at his centre half um, at full time for for not picking up Lescott. And I thought if you sub out Bradley and, and put Matt Crooks in there, that's what's going to happen at full time. But, um, but you know, it's clever. It's clever. We, we, what do you want to do on a corner? You want to isolate your best header of the ball, and that's Sonny Bradley. So get everyone away from Sonny Bradley. He goes the opposite direction, finds this pace. Um, so it's poor from them, but, you know, it's something that we do every single game. If, if everyone, you know, watch every corner that we do, we're either we're pretty much always Sonny Bradley goes in the opposite direction to everyone else. Um, so he can get his head on it. So, um, so yeah, it's great. And, and set plays in the championship are, are just so important. Um, and, and we found a way to win the game, which is, is such a good trait to have. And I'm just going to go back again a little bit. I bet you the Middlesbrough changing room was a little bit like the um, Neil Warnock video where um, goes shaking each other's hands, uh, goes shaking everyone's hands, but until it comes to this, the guy who was supposed to be marking Bradley, just misses him out. <laughs> Bear you is a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go back to the um, the Potts edition in the game. I was thinking, it just came to my head that it obviously it may have been like a fitness thing, but I think it was almost quite a smart decision because focusing on set pieces, Middlesbrough, they're the sort of team that are going to try and use Coben because Coben's, you know, he's not, sm- he's not a small striker. He's, he's tall and he's, you know, got a bit of pace with him, but I'd say obviously with a physical team like them, they're going to try and win their headers. And Potts, as he's not the most rounded left wing back or left back, but I think his ability to win headers was really important for us in our first half. I know it came off, but I think, yeah, he his headers are good. And I think it was quite a smart addition in reality for matching up Middlesbrough. Yeah, definitely see that. Um, threat in both boxes as well, as we've seen. Not not too many left-backs go up for corners. And we've seen in the past, he scored some some vital goals from set pieces. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I see what you're saying. But I don't think it was a performance that that will give Amari Bell no. that competition. Um, of course. But he, Bell, he needs to go back to match fitness as well anyway. Yeah, of course. He's, he, he's not had a consistent like a run of championship games, really. So... Yeah, yeah, definitely get that. And we did see with Potts last year, didn't we, that he he stepped in a left centre-back role as well. And again, it, it, to be in my opinion, I think he was better there than than left wing-back. But that's Yeah, a lot of people saying that. But I think I'd still prefer him as a, a left-back. Yeah. Not left wing-back, but, you know, a left-back. Because we know that he's not the strongest going forward. And then what happened was that we brought Onya Dinmer on as the, the left wing-back, which was... Obviously, at the point of being one nil down, you 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 see the logic, and but within six minutes, we're three one up, and they're not on top of us, but they're coming for a goal, and and on your dimmers at the left wing back role, and nearly giving away a penalty, which was a very very heart in mouth moment. But he he done his job. He's he stuck to his his role well, and I think that'll give him a lot of confidence. I know Jones was saying that he's got a lot to work on in terms of his sort of defensive sides and, and sort of looking at what Harry Cornick does in, in terms of his workload and output and 
all that kind of stuff. But I think that's something that will will certainly give him that confidence that he can become this this rounded player that, that Jones is after. Yeah, Fred, I mean, Fred, when, when he came on at left wing back, it made sense because Potts, Potts is a certain type of player. He's not someone who's going to be good, you know, uh, create stuff in the final third. He's not that type of player. And I think he's the victim of our what we've gone with in terms of our system. Three at the back is our primary system now. Um, and that doesn't really suit Potts, especially given that Naismith is so settled in the back three. We don't want to move him around. Um, but yeah, I mean, when when Fred came on, it made sense. But then, uh, yeah, when yeah, you could see that he's not a wing, Fred isn't not a wing back and, and he struggled a bit against Jones, who was very lively. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, I like Potts, as, 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 as um, Stephen said, he wins his headers, he's good on set plays, but as a wing back option, probably not, not the one that, that you want. However, we don't really have any other options there apart from him and Bell, especially if Naismith is so settled in, in the back three. Um, and, and actually, the Nace, uh, there was a little change that we made at half time where we moved Naismith to the middle of the back three and put Bradley to the left. And, and Jones said in his post match interview that it was because uh, Swansea were letting our middle centre back have the ball. So in the first half, that was Bradley. So if we swap that Bradley and Naismith, who would you rather have time on the ball in the back three to build an attack? Cal Naismith over Sonny Bradley. Um, so little things like that. And I think that's why Naismith is now. If we're especially if we're, we're playing a back three most games is, is going to be in that in that back three it was quite in, quite an interesting dynamic that because I think the way that Bradley's come into the side and has played central Naismith left center back and it has been Lockyer at right center back it, it sort of seemed that only one of Lockyer and Burke would play but having that having that option of, of playing Bradley as the left center back, has the brings in the option of, of playing both Burke and Lockyer if need be, and obviously Naismith as well. If we do need to put him in a left wing back role, um, sort of going for a more attack minded sort of option, then I think we've got that as well. So, definitely a lot of options to have, uh, as we know we would this season, um, given the squad that we do, adding the athleticism, adding players that can play in multiple positions. and. I think we're reaping the rewards of it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, although Bradley, uh, Bradley on the left of a back three is not something I'm hugely keen on because um, so it was a kind of a temporary change and, and not something that I, I want to see too much because when you play left or right of a three, a lot of the time you're defending like a fullback, quite isolated, 1v1 against wingers. And I don't think that's Bradley's strong point. Um, Bradley needs a little bit of protection because he's not the quickest. Um, you know, He's not, not the best turner. So I think, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good solution during the game to let, let Cal Naismith have time on the ball. Um, but I, I personally wouldn't see Bradley as, as a consistent option on the, on the left of a three, which is another reason why I think Naismith is, is so important to us right now. Could he do a job against uh, Stephen Fletcher on Saturday at left centre-back? <laughs> he pulls over to the right. I think uh, that might be a, a fun race to watch. Anyway, we'll go on to Stoke now because yeah. is what we are looking forward to. Another chance to sort of, not cement a playoff spot, but sort of strengthen our playoff bids because we're in there and whilst we're competing in them, we've got every every chance of progressing and, and keeping. Uh, well, I don't know why I'm saying that. We're not, are we? We're eighth again because those games yeah. are not bollocks. But, but we, yeah. beat, we beat Stoke and we go, well, not guaranteed going to the playoffs, but yeah, pretty much. 
but it's yeah, fucking tight. So we're we're in the playoff mix, is what I should <laughs> exactly. And it's only a point. It's a massive, massive game, as we said before, for Nathan Jones. Uh, it, it might not make out to be, but because of his tenure there and how everything went, he'll be he'll be extra pumped up for this. And if he does win, say the the celebrations will be ramped up as well. I think he'll be contacting Luar Luar, doing some backflips and all that kind of stuff as well when he goes past G Block. So I expect to see him doing knee slide if we get a. Uh... Uh, 90th minute winner against Stoke. Knee slide in front of the uh, in front of the Stoke fans. Yeah, that'd be some sight, wouldn't it? But sort of thinking about Stoke, how they've done recently, um, ended a bit of a poor spell with a one nil win yesterday. Do you expect them to take that much confidence from that and then sort of come here to well go to Luton to to win the game, or do you reckon it'll be? similar in, in terms of what Huddersfield have done to us, in terms of what Middlesbrough have done to us, where they restrict us in the first half, limit limit what we do, and then sort of go out from there. Do you reckon that's the way they'll they'll try and come to Luton and, and play their football? Well, they're a, Stoke are a good team. Um, you know, let's let's not beat around the bush. They're a very good team and I like them and I I think that what they've oh, got Oh, you like now, them? As a, as a football team, as a football Ooh. team, yeah. As, as, a, as, Controversial a, as a group Dylan. of players on a pitch, I quite like them. Um, not, you know, um, yeah, well, let's move on. Um, <laughs> but, um, but what they have is a lot of quality. Um, Sawyers, Romain Sawyers, as, as um, Billy just mentioned, Stephen Fletcher, experienced, and they've got um, Tyrese Campbell back. He's, I think he came off the bench um, the other night. Very, very good player. Jacob Brown, someone I really like as well. They signed him for a couple of years ago from Barnsley. And Harry Sutar, centre half, is they're a good, they're a good championship team. They're strong on step plays. They're they they play some good stuff at times. They've got good, you know, they've got a good balance of 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 ball players and athletes. Um, and they're having a good season. I think they're sixth or seventh now. Um, so you know, they're a good, very good side and and it's going to be a very tough game. There's a reason why we, you know, we haven't, I think we haven't beaten them, as, as Billy said, since we've been back in the championship. Um, so there are going to be a, a real, it's going to be a real challenge. Um, but as we've done so many times this season and last season, we can, we can beat anyone on our day. Certainly, as you say there, they've got threats going forward. I think their, their fullbacks have been quite influential for them this season. Uh, Josh Tymon and, and Tommy Smith. Did have a little bit of uh, trouble when um, Tommy Smith was unavailable. I think they put Tom Ince as a right wing back for for a little bit. And I think Ben Wilmer also went over to, to right wing back from his preferred centre-back position. So they're a team that can adapt similar to us in the way that they've, they've got players that can step in into the positions and, and sort of got that adaptability factor. Um, thinking about what we can do. Is there anything, Dylan, that you imagine Luton will do to, to basically set up different? Will, will Luton be targeting any areas in sort of the Stoke defence? Is there sort of a, can you see there being some sort of game plan that Luton implement that will be different to what we've seen this season? No, not really. I think, um, I think we'll just be ourselves. Um, you know, we'll, we've got an identity now, and I and I know that you know, I'm not I'm not smart enough to to look at you know the intricacies of of our game plan, like in in terms of 
what do we do from in these phases and so on but I think you know we have an identity now and, and we're building uh, an identity of how we play football and I think more and more more and more now we are being ourselves as opposed to reacting to what other teams do um, because we really especially at home that we can impose ourselves on teams um, I mean I'd like to see I'd like to see Musquay back, especially if Clark and, and Berry are both out. I'd like to see Musquay in the ten in the number ten pocket. The other thing to consider as well is um, Lansbury suspended, so we're going to lack going to lose a little bit of ball playing ability there. So that we need to compensate with a bit more forward running um, because we're not going to be able to have as much quality in the in the final third. And then obviously there's the Bell situation. What do we do with that? But you know, I think I think more and more now we are we are ourselves and we we understand. Um, what we are and we think we believe that we can play our way and win games um so yeah there'll be little little tweaks that we'll make and that'll be interesting to look at after the game but we, we know we're ourselves now we're 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 Luton Town we play a certain way in the championship when you said yeah, I think Dylan you said about Lansbury um I've seen Stephen's face I don't I don't think he remembered that he was going to put him in his uh fan hub lineup wasn't he <laughs> <laughs> I keep putting the right I just keep I, I never actually really know who is out and who. Sometimes it just, just, just slips your mind. But well, I think Lansbury's going to be. Don't he? That's what Jones. He, he doesn't give too much away. So it's always hard well, yeah, exactly. for fans to, to predict what's going to go go on. Didn't expect Adebayo to start against Middlesbrough and then he did. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those, one of those things. And just thinking about it, uh, Stephen, because when we played Swansea and when we played Coventry, um, both in the first half, we had a lot of success and a lot of that success was tar- targeting their left centre-back, which was Reese Williams um, for Swansea and Jake Clark Salter. And then looking at Stoke, they don't really have a, a right-footed centre-back. Do you think that could be another sort of... Uh, 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 sorry, they don't have a left-footed centre-back. I've seen Dylan give me the, the dirty look there, so... Uh... <laughs> I knew something was wrong. Yeah, don't have a left, left-footed centre-back. So do you think that's another area for us to explore, especially with, with Cornick and, and the way he tends to operate this, this season? Um, I think it's something that the club probably may have looked into, or they may have realised it through data analysis. But, um, I mean... If if we're gonna go at them and press them, we're gonna to want to push them, push their defenders or the centre backs onto their left side. Um, but it really depends on how Stoke set up as well. Like obviously we've got our own way, but say Stoke set up to not play with the ball and try and frustrate us, like as you said, like Huddersfield did, um, it it could be difficult for us to to have those opportunities to press them and force them into mistakes because we know that when teams come and frustrate us, we almost don't have an answer for it. We're kind of like, we kind of think like, well, you should come to us, but they don't. We can just pass the ball around until we make a mistake or we try and go at them and they force us into, you know, throwing or, you know, anything. It's, if they're frustrating us, we might have problems. And especially, I think, without Lansbury as well in the middle, like he's, the sort of player that you need in in those sort of games because he's strong and he, he he's, he's smart and he knows what to do against championship clubs because he's experienced. Um, so yeah, I think if we have the, the opportunities to press them, 
yes, press them onto the left left foot, the left feet. But in reality, we just it it really depends on how they play as well as how we play. Certainly, and another big thing that we've got to consider. Nick Powell is out for a while, a player that we put on the same bracket as the likes of Lyle Taylor, who always scores against us, or at least we feel that way anyway. So in terms of that being a big boost for us, it's not just a massive boost for us because he's always scored lots of goals. It's because he's very influential to the way they play. What about Joe Allen? Is, is he still there? Yeah, yeah. he's still playing. Oh, he's still kicking the ball around, I think. Yeah. yeah, he no, he's the one that always scores against us. For Stoke, anyway. Does he? Well, no, he scored. Yeah. He scored a break. He scored. He scored. I think in both in games in the championship, we went away and lost three 0 I think he scored twice. I think I could. Be and wrong. I swear yeah. he scored in the last game against them at their place as well. I can't remember what the score for that one was. I thought that was Powell and Fletcher. I think that was two 0 wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was Powell that day. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe he scored uh, against us at our yeah, place. I don't know. But he definitely scored two when we lost three 0 at their place. Yes. I went there, came down from Liverpool, and I messed they, up the trains. And yeah, I messed up the day, and then Luton messed up my day even more. So it was just one of those that sticks to your mind. But we'll come on yeah. to predictions. We won't get to too dismal about it because we're revitalised now we're not we're not that team that I saw that um, Stephen I'll come to you first uh, I'm going to go with a, a boring 1-1 one, one. Dylan mm, I'll go 2-1 Luton Murray to have uh, two predictions like I do like I do on Twitter or am I, am I restricted <laughs> just one I'll go I'll go for 1-0 I reckon we're turning Kennel with Frozen to a four. I'm going to say Jamie would predict us to win 5-0. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put that one in for him. Yeah, we'll, we'll tally that for him. Yeah, we'll make sure. Yeah, well, anyway, thank you to the pair of you for joining me today. Um, of course, a big thank you to Kevin McLeod as well for today's podcast music. We'll be back next week in what's another international break. So we'll try and bring some more interesting ones that are not just match reactions and match previews we'll try and bring something out that's a little bit different but until then goodbye the Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year beyond the pitch beyond the results we're here to connect fans getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans we're a team with two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.